0: Hello, and welcome to Gilmore Ball Z, a podcast where I show my husband Gilmore Girls, he shows me Dragon Ball, and we try to find some sort of common ground. I'm Paige. And I'm Grant. And this week we watched season four, episode two of Gilmore Girls, and episode 77 of Dragon Ball Z Kai. Grant, what happened on this week's Gilmore Girls?
1: Well, this week's Gilmore Girls was Rory's first day at Yale.
0: Yale, yep. Uh, That was... I
1: don't know why I said that. <laughs> Yale, yep. Yale, <laughs> yep. That's their. That's the Yale slogan. No,
0: it's not. Yale,
1: yep. I'm, I'm like pretty sure.
0: 99% sure, sure it's I not. I mean, did
1: you go to Yale?
0: No, but did you?
1: No. So how do we know it's not Yale, yep? Google. That's crazy talk. Uh, anyway, so th- that's the main plot of the episode. Is that it's Rory's first day at Yale, and so they're piling everything into the back of Luke's truck that he let Lorelai borrow, even though she can't drive a stick. And they've got to carry all this stuff into, the, you know, all, all over to New Haven. Carry all this stuff over to New Haven and get Rory all moved into her new dorm. And it's just, you know, her little girl's leaving the house. So Lorelai's doing the usual, you know, helicopter parent thing where she's insisting on getting photos of absolutely everything. And asking a bunch of questions and, and everything like that. And Rory Rory is obviously panicking a little bit. Uh, she tears a little bit of her map, and she freaks out, and she doesn't know where to get a replacement. And there was a couple other, like, weird little things that she was, she was really anxious about. And Lorelai's doing her usual kind of blase thing of ignoring the rules and just kind of doing her own thing, and this is obviously stressing Rory out, so Lorelai just tells her to stop and take in the moment. And enjoy the fact that you're moving into a new college, and you're starting this new school, and it's great, and you're going to have so many amazing thoughts, you're going to do so many amazing things, and I'm proud of you, and just live in the moment a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rory makes a surprising discovery um, after Lorelei runs out to get a couple more things for the dorm. Uh, Rory discovers that Paris is going to be her roommate. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, one, it's pretty easy to guess just because of the formula of the show, it would, wouldn't would make sense for for Paris not to go to Yale when they'd been seating it. But also, when she shows up on her door, there's two little post-it notes of RG and PG, mm-hmm. just in case, you know, you need that little hint that, that Paris is coming. And so Paris is here with her life coach, Terrence, where apparently she saw a life coach over the summer and he helped her work out a lot of things. And she's very different now.
0: Or she's trying to be. Or she's
1: trying to be. She's upbeat, she's friendly, she hugs Rory when they first come in, and she's into crafting now, and there's a couple times where she starts to go back to her old Paris self, and Terrence prompts her basically to, you know, stop and be mindful and compartmentalize and the kinds of things that are healthy things to do that she obviously has never learned. Somehow
0: with a therapist and a few other specialists, like somehow her therapist has not taught her any of this, but her life coach has. Or
1: somehow Terrence got through to her in a way that the others didn't. And so Paris is like a little more upbeat and friendly now. We also meet Tana, who lives in their suite, and she's 16 going to Yale. Uh, She's adopted. This is the first thing she says is, I'm adopted. I believe before she even says her name. yes. And uh, she's just super awkward. She says that she's really bad at, at small talk, or she calls it extemporaneous conversation. And so she just memorizes fun facts, like when home invaders go through your stuff, they go through the bottom drawers first and work their way up, because then they don't need to waste time closing the top drawer to get into what's in the drawer below it. So you shouldn't store your valuables in the bottom drawer.
0: And weirdly, that was the thing from this episode that stuck with me for years. Like was that. Not keep fun your fact, valuables
1: in the bottom drawer. That
0: fun fact burrowed its way into my brain. It's stuck there.
1: Well, that's interesting. Um, so she's super awkward. Uh, Rory's getting corralled around for for first day things. She gets a terrible ID photo, and some of the she's clearly not driving with some of the other girls in line. Like they're being sarcastic, and somehow she's not picking up on sarcasm.
0: Yeah. It wasn't convenient to the plot at that moment.
1: Yeah, that that doesn't feel like a thing that should be happening to Rory, but hey, here we are. And so eventually, like, they're all settled in, and Lorelai's like, okay, I'm gonna leave for real now. I love you. Make sure to call. I'll see you later. And she leaves. And so Rory walks back into her room. It's empty. Everyone else is off doing something or another. And she panics. Uh, Lorelai... Gets home. Uh, Luke had come with her to help unload some stuff, so it's Luke and Lorelai are are literally pulling back in in Stars Hollow, and lorelei gets a page that just has come back with a bunch of exclamation points. Mm-hmm. And so Lorelai's like, okay. She turns around and comes back, and Rory is freaking out. Just like, as soon as you left, I said I w- I want my mommy, and I shouldn't be thinking I want my mommy. That's not a thing that mature college girls do, but as soon as you left, I missed you, and I needed you here, and I'm freaking out, and what am I going to do, and how am I going to go be an independent adult if I need my mommy with me everywhere? How am I going to be a foreign correspondent unless you learn how to be a camera person? I'm not going to be there, you know, reporting from the trenches of war with my mommy. That's just not going to work. And Lorelei says, okay, that's true, but calm down. I'll do anything you need me to do. We don't need to plan your future right now. Just, if you want me to stay, I'll stay. I can even stay the night.
0: Well, and there's a moment there that's either heartbreakingly sweet or terrible parenting, depending on how you want to balance it. And it can be both. Where Rory, you know, when she says, I can't be in a foxhole in Tehran wanting my mommy, you'd have to become a camera person. And you see Lorelai just very sincerely, and she means it, 100% say, I would do that.
1: Yeah, no, I would do that for you. And so we we get a little bit of of inability to separate happening in this episode, where Lorelai just kind of hangs around and like, gets together with with Tana and Paris and Rory and they order all of the delivery food in the area, and then organize it by geography, which is just it's a fun little banter scene with Rory and Paris and Lorelai. I also and have Tana. To, and Tana. And Tom's just kind of there. Yeah. Uh, I do have to say I really loved Paris saying, Oh, Lorelai, you're here! I and know. running up and hugging her. Because I've said before, we get so little of Lorelai and Paris interacting, but I actually really like their dynamic, and I wish we got to see more of them interacting. Um, but uh, it, it, Paris actually says that uh, my life coach, and I agree that I think our journey isn't done yet. She says that to both Rory and Lorelei, which I find so funny because now Paris is the one who's become self aware and knows she's in a TV show and knows she hasn't been given the proper screen time or or capital in the plot. And so she's insisting that she stay in the show's formula so that she can properly tell the story arc she needs to tell, which I find hilarious. They order all of this this takeout, and they have way too much food, and so Lorelei's like, okay. Hey, girls, and gets all the girls on their floor to come over and help them eat this delivery food. And, and
0: rank the delivery guys yeah, based on their attractiveness. Yeah,
1: yeah the full spectrum of, of taste, price, efficiency, and attractiveness of delivery guys is being measured here. And so they're getting feedback from everybody and, and figuring it all out. And it ends up being like a kind of a fun party for their first night in college. And then Lorelai stays the night in Rory and Paris' room, and then she goes home in the morning. And so, like, Rory is, like, bumps into a couple of other girls from her floor, and they refer to, like, finding a good place to get food as Lorelaiing it.
0: Yeah, apparently the concept of, like, trying different restaurants has never occurred to these women before. Yeah. Whatever.
1: <laughs> and uh, so you can see that she kind of has made friends with some of the other girls on the floor, who I'm sure we're going to see a lot of since we didn't get their names. Yep. Definitely. mm mm-hmm. um, Anyway, so that happened. And so the episode ends with Lorelai getting back to Stars Hollow... And walking into the Gilmore house and looking around and it mirrors the scene we had with Rory earlier in the episode and Lorelai realizes she has this whole big house to herself.
0: But she can't call her mommy. Yeah,
1: she can't call her mommy. She can't call Rory. She just has to deal with the fact that she's alone now Mm -hmm. and she's never really been alone. She went from living with her parents to living with Rory. She doesn't know what it's like to be alone.
0: Except one thing that I'm going to mention later.
1: Yeah. Um, So... That was basically what happened. We also had a short Luke plot where his divorce with Nicole is getting really stretched out somehow, and so a bunch more lawyers are getting involved, and they refuse to believe that Luke genuinely doesn't want anything in the divorce, even though she makes more money than him, and so it's all turning into a bureaucratic nightmare, which is Luke's personal hell, so that's happening. Uh, That's basically what happened on Gilmore Girls. We also found out Jamie is jealous of Terrence. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very briefly from a phone call. So not all is perfect in Paris and Jamie's relationship. And uh, that's about it. So what happened this week on Dragon Ball Z Kai?
0: So Dragon Ball Z Kai picks up about where we left off. Um, I would say the two main locations are the hyperbolic time chamber in the lookout and the battleground. Like Cell is still standing over all these islands and he's claiming he's going to destroy all of them if 18 doesn't come out and get absorbed. Um, Sixteen is not buying this. Sixteen has the self-awareness, like the beautiful boy he is, to say, hey, he's, uh, he's not going to destroy you. He's, like, he's invincible now, but he still wants to be perfect. So he's going to be very careful to lightly singe all of these islands. So just hunker down, stay put, we'll wait out the storm. And it's not clear whether or not Eighteen believes him. It's obvious she's trying to. But she's scared. Um, But before we can see how this is going to play out, Vegeta pops up. Vegeta and Trunks have come back from fighting in the hyperbolic time chamber. And they are ready to go. Vegeta comes out of the gate hot. Like, he comes in full force. Not that kind of hot. Stop smiling at me. I mean... No. If he
1: was your type.
0: No. I'm
1: just saying there's a lot of ladies out there who are thirsty for Vegeta.
0: I'm sure there are. But no. (laughs) No. Like, ah whatever. Um, so he comes out, he, like, from the very beginning, he powers up to go beyond Super Saiyan. Uh, apparently, beyond Super Saiyan means he's a little buffer and his hair is maybe a couple of shades lighter. It's really not that much of a visual difference, especially compared to the drama of the difference between Saiyan and Super Saiyan. But he goes to Super Saiyan 2, and we hear from a couple of characters. We hear from uh, both Trunks and Krillin. That at the level Vegeta's currently fighting, he can beat Cell. So I'm sure that's going to go perfectly fine, and nothing's going to ruin that.
1: Oh no, no.
0: Okay. Um. Meanwhile, uh, that's pretty pretty standard stuff. We have some fun, like the f- most of the episode is the fight between Vegeta and Cell, and we have some cool moments. Uh, we h- was, I,
1: I forgot how good this fight this, is.
0: This episode had some good fighting. Um, I actually for once enjoyed Cell and Vegeta out cockying one another, because they have a bit at the beginning of the fight where they're both like, this is going to be easy. And for once it actually felt true to the characters and interesting to see how these two guys who have, like, one is deeply insecure and the other one is deeply secure in a way that maybe he shouldn't be, how they... They square up now that Vegeta is convinced that he is the strongest thing there is. Yeah,
1: they're both overconfident, but in totally different ways, which Mm -hmm. is fascinating to watch. I have to say, I also really love... When you say Vegeta comes in hot, he is soaring in, and then Mm -hmm. he stops just two inches short of Cell's face and just goes, Hey. (laughs) Which I fucking loved. Like, I
0: almost wanted him to do the Miles Morales shoulder. Yeah, the
1: shoulder... He would have... You know, if this were made today, he would do the Miles Morales shoulder touch and
0: go, Hey. Uh, (laughs) But... In this time, that squaring off where they're both pretending like to be the... Well, they're not even pretending. They believe they are the be-all to end-all. Uh, somewhat like Frieza and Vegeta and Goku all did, but this actually feels interesting and true to their characters. It felt more grounded in who they are. And it's like they did, you know, writing with the character first and the posturing second, and I really appreciated that because it felt different, even though it's something that I've complained about in the past. Um...
1: And there's just some good punching.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of getting into how I felt about it, but I can... Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. we We can go more in-depth on it later. Yeah,
0: we can. Um, meanwhile, the other plot is the hyperbolic time chamber. Goku and Gohan are going in. Uh, much like in Gilmore Girls, they're entering a new and strange space together and trying to grapple with what it means. And the hyperbolic time chamber, the first room they go into, is a lovely but very bright house. It's got like a little sitting area. It's got a fridge full of food. It looks very nice. But when you go out the back into the training grounds, it is an endless void. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Janet's void on The Good Place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> um, it just. I think just... you said
1: the same thing when we saw Vegeta and Trunks go in.
0: Yeah, well, uh, it's nothingness in all directions. And we learned that this hyperbolic time chamber. The reason Goku could only handle it for a short period of time when he was young. It has about, like, the air is half as thick. It's, you know, twice as thin as normal air. Gravity is at ten times, which is not that big a deal for Goku these days, but a pretty big deal for Gohan. Yeah,
1: I don't think Gohan's ever trained in intense gravity at this point.
0: And he has not, um, which I have a question about. But, and there are extreme temperature shifts, um... It said it went between like negative one hundred and a hundred or something like that. Yeah, uh, he
1: just said it goes as high as hundred and as low as below zero. Okay. So not like super super extreme. Uh, it's pretty much just Chicago, but uh, in a in a much shorter time period than the well. No, it's pretty much just Chicago.
0: <laughs> I don't think Chicago usually goes into triple digits with humidity. Oh, it does. It does.
1: In the height of summer, Chicago can go into triple. You never lived. You never lived in Illinois in summer. No, in the in summer. summertime. In, I in just the, hit
0: it in August.
1: Yeah, in the summertime, uh, Chicago can, not super, super often, but it, it will go into triple digits with humidity. Sometimes only a couple days of the year, but sometimes for longer stretches, depending on how hot of a summer it is.
0: Yeah, usually I just saw up into the 90s. But yeah. anyway. Um, so it kind of ends with Goku and Gohan being ready to go into this fight and Cell and Vegeta fighting. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Well, and Goku specifically states his intention in training.
0: Yes. His intention in training is he first wants to get Gohan going Super Saiyan. After that, they can focus on getting Goku to go beyond Super Saiyan. But he's going to take that first period of time to train Gohan up so he's a better sparring partner. Mm -hmm. Um, Well,
1: and Goku specifically says, when we're done with this, you are going to be stronger than me. Yeah. Yeah. Which is important.
0: And cute. And adorable. It's but, so cute. I mean, a lot of pressure important. to put on a child. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's what we covered in this episode. It was, not much happened, but it still was some important stuff.
1: Well, let's just jump into it. What did you think of this episode? you talked about it a little bit already.
0: Yeah, I've actually enjoyed this more. I think I still had some pacing issues. Where yeah. Full disclosure, It is Sunday, April 14th, 2019, when we record this. Game of Thrones, the final season, is out. We have not watched it. We are avoiding the internet at all costs. Until we
1: finish recording this episode. Until we
0: finish recording this episode. So I know I'm antsy. uh, But the pacing was still kind of Dragon Ball pacing, where not much happens. But the way it was shot and the character work in it was stronger than these episodes usually are. and So I'm going to give it a little more slack.
1: Yeah, I think that the action between Vegeta and Cell was was interestingly shot in such a way, or interestingly animated, in yep. such a way that it was compelling to watch. And there was a lot of character in the way that Vegeta was just, with utter cockiness, beating the shit out of Cell. Yeah. Was really good, and you're never quite sure if Cell is actually panicking or if he's still holding back through most of that
0: fight but there's a moment where he goes what looks like his full force and he gets some blood coming out of the edge of vegeta's mouth like it zooms like the camera shows just his mouth which is an interesting choice because usually they don't do work like that they don't do a close zoom on part of the face and then vegeta says oh well, if that's giving it all you got, I have nothing to worry about here. Isn't that where the that's
1: where the episode ends? It's just uh-huh. with Vegeta, he makes Vegeta bleed and he just goes, oh, okay, wow, this is really going to be easy. Um,
0: or there was another moment, actually, that I really liked um, where we've established they're moving very fast. I mean, we have 18 going, you know, like, oh, they're basically invisible, something like that. Um, But we have a scene where it's just Piccolo standing, and I'm sure this was cheap to animate, but still was so cool. And I think this was that point where cheap animation and interesting storytelling through choreography happened.
1: It hit the trigger sweet spot.
0: It hit the trigger bullseye where we see Cell and we see just impacts happening on his armor. He just has like these little craters appearing in his torso And then finally we see that it was Vegeta punching him, he's just moving so fast we can't see him, and that Cell has had no opportunity to react. And Mm -hmm. this is how much Vegeta, like, this is how far Vegeta has come. And it did a better job of showing how far he's come than I think previous fights like this have done.
1: Mm -hmm, Yeah, and uh, so so what did you think of the Goku and Gohan stuff? There wasn't a lot of it, but...
0: I, I'm probably going to get into this a little more, but I really liked this Go, like the Goku-Gohan stuff. To some degree, it's still that same pressure of putting way too much on your kid, Mm -hmm. but we're used to that by now. This was Goku being an engaged dad. He actually listened to Gohan's fears because Gohan is a bit where he's like, I, I, in the future, in Trunks' future, I could go Super Saiyan, but that wasn't enough and Goku listens to that, he understands it and then he gives a reason why he thinks that his son should have confidence and should still try. This is a different future. They've overcome things that the other future wasn't able to. And he the way he talks to Gohan, it's it's both as someone he respects but also someone he understands he's supposed to be his mentor and his like someone who loves him. Like we're getting Better parenting this episode from Goku than mm-hmm. we are from Lorelei, and that is not something that happens often. No,
1: this is this we, is the we rare episode. We can rebel. This we is can the, revel. We've had we we could probably count the number we've had so far on one hand. And maybe
0: but, after getting a couple fingers chopped off.
1: Yeah, but this is an episode where Goku is a better parent than Lorelei. Uh huh. Um, I think that the thing I really like about this this moment between Goku and Gohan, and we do get a little more of them in the time chamber, is that you can still definitely argue Goku's not being number one dad, right? Oh, no. He's putting, like you said, he's putting a lot of pressure on his son. His idea of spending time with his son is them sparring with each other for a year. Oh, that's
0: not a problem. That one I'm gonna, like, I'll push back on that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, like, it's, this is Goku engaging his son on something they have in common. Uh-huh. And there's an argument to be made that Goku is overestimating how much Gohan actually likes training, and that is a fault. But he's it, I think this is a moment that we don't get a lot, where Goku really is genuinely trying. hmm And he's genuinely trying to relate to his son, and, yeah, he respects him and he's putting a lot of faith in him because he's saying, like, look... If I invest this time in you, you will become a better sparring partner for me, and we will become stronger together. And so yeah, I'll get stronger faster. But more importantly, I genuinely believe that you are going to be stronger than me. because <laughs> Gohan is already way stronger than Goku was at that age, yeah, by orders of magnitude. And so it we get he Goku is being smart. Uh-huh. he's being caring. And he's just, he's talking to Gohan like a person.
0: Well, and he's proud of him. Like, this is not the, you are, like, it's not that he doesn't try to be a good dad, but so often he sees his son as just something to train and he's kind of like a really smart dog who he likes a lot, but also like an adult (laughs) at the same time somehow. Kind of like Goku.
1: (laughs) It's true. He's an adult, but he's also kind of just a smart dog.
0: But here is the first time where you feel like he understands that Gohan is a child, but is a child with a lot of potential, who he's proud of now, but wants to help him achieve what he can. Like I think this even though she wouldn't approve of the subject matter, is probably the first time that Goku and Chi Chi would almost have like like she would approve of how he's parenting their child.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I just, I really like that. Also, underrated comedy moment when they first walk in. The first thing Goku does is point off camera and go, the bathroom's over there. <laughs> I know. But you know what? <laughs> he needs
0: to know. That's
1: an important piece of information to know.
0: <laughs> no, and I have to say, I was really glad that we had a stronger episode of DBZ because I feel like this is probably a weaker episode of Gilmore Girls. You can disagree with me. Um...
1: It was better than last week's.
0: Yeah. I the character work was good. It was
1: good. Yeah. I don't I don't know if I would necessarily say this was a bad episode of Gilmore Girls. It wasn't great. I will but say it was all right.
0: I don't think it was bad. I think it was long.
1: It did feel a little long. I mean, even in my recap I got a little mixed up on like going to campus and then leaving and then coming back and then leaving and then coming back and there's just this, it's a lot of a lot of awkward juggling. I feel like the script could have been tightened a little bit. Um, and Rory... I don't know if I entirely bought Rory's mindset in this episode. Maybe that's part of the point, is that we're supposed to be like thinking that Rory's the super-confident, hyper-competent teenager who's going to go to college and kick ass, but we need to be reminded she's still a kid. And I think that's important, but...
0: There are better ways to... Yeah, Can I don't know. It just
1: felt awkward. And really, honestly, I didn't entirely believe Lorelei mm. this episode, because while Lorelai is definitely guilty of being a little too clingy with her daughter, I feel like usually on the big important stuff, she does draw a line in the sand. I don't think... I don't think Lorelai last season would have stayed overnight in her dorm. Well... She would have maybe been like, maybe I can get a hotel nearby and so then I'll meet you again in the morning, we can get breakfast and help you get settled more. Yeah. I believe that, but I do not, I don't think I believe, especially with Paris also in the room, Mm -hmm. that Lorelai would have been like, we'll just slumber party.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'll shortcut you to making friends with all these girls.
1: Yeah, that that part felt weird to me too. Um, I wasn't 100% sure what I was supposed to be getting from that because, like, we had the moment of them in line, Rory and these other girls, and Rory's just not jiving with them in a weird way. And then later, one of the same girls goes up to Rory and says, Hey, this is a great party. Who set this up? And Rory says, Oh, that woman over there, and points yeah. to Lorelei. And so, just like, it was this weird thing that, like happened and then got tied up and so I'm not quite sure what I was supposed to get from it. I mean, I guess that Rory doesn't quite know how to people and Lorelai helps her, but that hasn't been the that hasn't <laughs> been the thing up until this point and so it just it felt a little a little bit like a side twer- side track.
0: It has been, but not for a while because we had her not necessarily knowing how to people early in her years it's like she was seemed kind of quiet at Stars Hollow High. She seemed kind of quiet when she started Chilton. But by the end of her time at Chilton, she was like Paris chose her as student, like vice the president, president because Pitchin. she was popular. Exactly. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't like that she has gained nothing in peopling skills in those years at Chilton.
1: Yeah, that's I guess yeah that's this the amorphous thing that was bothering me. You you pinned it down. It, it's that it feels like she didn't learn anything from her experience at Chilton.
0: And the other thing that bothered me is they treated this like the first time they were away from each other.
1: When they've been away from each other. Yeah,
0: this is the first very serious long-term time, and that is different. But they act like, like you said earlier, you know, Lorelai's never really been away from Rory, and they say in this episode, they kind of make it sound like this is the first time she's really been away from home.
1: But it's this has been a thing a couple times now, where she went away to that democracy camp or whatever. She after was the, away
0: all summer in Washington, D.C. Yeah,
1: yeah and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, I get that it's still different because it is like- i It's I'm, college. Yeah, it's I'm making this next step in my life and the life that I had before will never be the same. Like, she cannot go back to the way things were because she's going through college, which is going to be different, and then she's going to be an adult and she'll be expected to be an adult. Yeah. So I get it, but I feel like it could have been articulated a little bit better.
0: Yeah, no, I think this is one of those things where a very small but very important shift in focus would have changed the feel of this conflict.
1: Yeah. Um. Another important shout out: we saw Caesar. Yeah. He's kind of a pudgy dude who works in the back. He of, exists. Of
0: Luke's diner. Of
1: Luke's diner, he exists. Yeah. He's been name dropped so many times. Also, are we doing previous Leons now?
0: I I think they just did it for this episode. Okay. That felt
1: weird to just do it for the second episode of your season. Yeah, I don't know. That was weird. Um, I'm not sure if I like Tana.
0: Yeah, Tana doesn't. She
1: feels a little bit like a new character who's being jammed down our throats because it's college now, so Rory needs to meet wacky new people. Yeah. And she kind of just feels like flanderized Paris.
0: Not even flanderized Paris, but, like, some, like...
1: Weird mix of... She she, she feels paris in that she does not know how to socialize and mm-hmm. says weird non-sequiturs. And early on, Paris definitely was a machine to spit out very verbose non-sequiturs that were funny and awkward.
0: But she doesn't have Paris's confidence. No, but,
1: yeah, but she doesn't have the drive. Yeah. But it, it's, it's clearly setting up a, a bit of a foil-like situation there. And I'm not 100%... I don't know. I, I'm giving her some space to win me over, but she feels a little too quirky.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's saying something for Gilmore Girls.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I really, really, I, I was amused by Paris' this episode.
0: Oh, Paris was great. This
1: Paris episode. was great this episode, and it's been so. It's been a while since I've really been able to really like Paris in an episode, mm-hmm. and. For Paris to make me really happy in an episode, I think I got the same feeling from her in this episode as I did in the other episode a while back that was her, Rory, and Jess hanging out when she was talking to her nanny on the phone and said, I mucho mac and cheese. <laughs> like, that kind of fun, happy Paris I want to see more of, so I was oh. glad to see some of that in this episode. And I don't know, I just, I, it warmed my heart a little bit seeing her hug Rory and then hug Lorelai. I don't know why, that just got me. So I I like where this is going, and I hope we get to have more Paris stuff. Now that she's living with Rory, I'm hoping we will finally get a proper fucking Paris plot this season. I know that the show supposedly goes downhill from here, but if I can at least get one good Paris plot out of it...
0: Actually, uh, all caps, Kiri and I were talking about this. uh, And we agreed that even when the rest of the show is going down in flames... Like, Paris's quality has a kind of inverse relationship, where this season, there are some rough points, Mm -hmm. Um, but there are some good things coming for Paris, even when some other things in the show are a little rockier.
1: Oh, that's good, because you know I love me some Paris. You
0: love you some Paris.
1: Um, I think that's pretty much everything I felt about this episode. Overall, I don't know. I mean, I liked it fine. It was... It definitely was a little a little noodly, but I don't know. It was better than last week. Yeah. So do you have any questions for me about Dragon Ball Z?
0: I only have one. Okay. So I'm a little confused. Okay. They had three years warning that these androids were coming and so Goku and Gohan were doing hardcore training with Piccolo, right? Yes. In that entire time, three full years, they didn't go to Professor Briefs. And say... Dr. Briefs?
1: Dr. Briefs, yeah. They
0: didn't go to Dr. Briefs and say, Hey, can you build Gohan baby's first increased gravity chamber? Because... Dr. Briefs could build that up, no problem. He's done it before. Yeah, he
1: built the one for Goku pretty quickly. Yeah. Back during the Namek so Saga. I that, never thought about that, but you're right. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
0: They they are trying to train their hardest for three years, and it just doesn't occur to them to train and increase gravity until he hits the hyperbolic time chamber, which is already going to be intense. Like, the gravity isn't that high comparatively. It's only
1: ten times Earth's gravity. It's only ten times
0: Earth gravity. It'll be fine. He's a child with tiny child bones. Um... But it also has all these other factors where it has, you know, the air is thinner, the temperature changes are more extreme. If you wander off too far, you'll get lost in an infinite void, like
1: and get so far out that you'll die of starvation before you can make it back to the to the pantry.
0: Right. So you think Piccolo would have mentioned it?
1: Yeah, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a good answer for that. I think that's just uh, Toriyama wasn't thinking about it. I mean, I guess the the answer, the official answer that does, is not satisfying, is that Vegeta was already using the gravity chamber, but that does not answer why Doctor Briefs couldn't have built a new one.
0: Yeah. Do you have any questions about Gilmore Girls? I have a
1: few. Okay. Um. So we had the subplot where Luke's divorce is going more difficultly than necessary, and it seems like Nicole is like trying to. I was confused on where Nicole's head is at, since we didn't actually see her this episode. Yeah. So is the idea that she is legitimately concerned that Luke is going to try to take her money, and so she's pushing the litigation? Or is this just a weird divorce that has, like, grown, like, sentient, independent of the two parties, and is now trying, is now, like, become a whole thing? Because why couldn't if it's going to be a quick wim bam boom divorce, why couldn't they just get it annulled? It's within the time period that they could just file for an annulment and they're good to go.
0: I think it's the latter. I think that this is a world where wackiness reigns. uh, And it is very possible that lawyers will work beyond what is reasonable to try to do a case correctly. And I think that that's more in line with the tone of the world. And so it doesn't necessarily make sense from a character standpoint. But from a this is a wacky world where wacky things happen standpoint, that's what's happened.
1: Okay. Um. Let's see. I had another one. Ice cream delivery?
0: Yeah, that's the kind of thing that is a thing now in 2019 in the Postmates world. But I am confused by it being a thing in early 2000s.
1: Yeah, I mean Connecticut. If, I mean if it was going to be anywhere it would be in a college town. In a
0: college town it makes sense, but I if I, any of our listeners were, you know, like have more context. Context let us know. On um, you weren't in a college town. I wasn't in a college town. My town was definitely too small for delivery ice cream. I think all the things that they delivered then were Chinese and pizza. But that was kind of my impression of that time period where most of the things we got delivered were Chinese and pizza. It's mm. not
1: yeah, the modern
0: world where you can call and get KFCs and some flaming hot Cheetos. Uh, and
1: I have logistical questions about delivering ice cream in August.
0: Uh, coolers.
1: Uh, that's true. Um, How do they
0: get ice cream to grocery <laughs> stores? There is not magic. a man in the back churning the cream.
1: There should be. Um. So.
0: How do ice cream trucks work in August in your world, Grant?
1: Magic. Um. So. I have a question about what the intent was behind this whole Lorelai throwing a delivery party scene, because one of the girls asks Rory, hey, who threw this together? And Rory says her. Yeah. And then later they just talk about Lorelai. Yeah. And Lorelai did this and Lorelai did that. So is the idea that the other girls don't realize that was Rory's mom?
0: I think they realize, but she's the cool mom. You know, like, she's a weird, cool, young mom. I mean, it's the same way that Madeline and Louise treated Lorelai when they met her in the Bengals episode.
1: I guess that's true. I
0: think the thing that I wish they pulled on more here, and it would be a different show, and I understand why they didn't, but if Lorelai is the one making friends, then Rory isn't.
1: They kind of, like, they almost did.
0: They almost did. Like, she was
1: obviously more the life of the party, and I actually really liked that about Lorelai in that scene. It's like, oh... This is Lorelai getting to live out the college experience she didn't get, and I liked it. I wanted to see more of that.
0: I want that darker.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, I want a little bit of that, of, like, Lorelai getting to do the college thing that she didn't get to do, but there wasn't any aspect of that in the show, and, and I wish we'd gotten a little more of that this episode.
0: Well, and not only is she doing the college thing she didn't get to do, and she's trying to do it to help her kid out, like... You know, on both sides, she's trying to be a good mom, but she's also getting that fun experience that she would have wanted. But in the end, is that going to hurt Rory? Yeah. And I want that. Like, once again, different tone of show. And it it could be argued that that's some of what, you know, the darker implications play out over the next few seasons. But I don't think quite in that same way. And I wish that that was some more of the conflict that we actually get.
1: Yeah. Um... So, so yeah, that was a thing. Uh, I think those are all of my questions. Do you know who you want to swap this week?
0: See, I don't care. I have two possibilities, and I don't think it matters who I swap. Okay. Because uh, this is just... This is one of those swaps where it's just like, these are parallels. Uh-huh. Uh, 16 and 18, sitting mm. behind their rock, and while... Yeah, 18 is freaking out, and 16 is calmly explaining to her how to do her life. Is basically, like...
1: That's basically the party?
0: It, it, no. It's an uptight blonde lady getting her life explained to her by a giant hulking man.
1: You want 16 to be Paris's life coach? I would adore that.
0: I would watch that.
1: I would watch the crap out of and that. And I would watch
0: Terrence being Android 18's life coach because she would not be able to handle it. And Terrence would probably get choked out within a few minutes. Oh, definitely. I was like, okay, do we move? He's about to, like, drench this whole place. Okay. but Compartmentalize? Well, no, no. That's, that's cell's problem. There, there are things outside of your control now. We're here behind this rock. What can you control? Breathe. Breathe. Do some crafting.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that wouldn't, that wouldn't go well. That wouldn't no. go good. No, that would go about as well as telling 18 to calm down.
0: Who do you want to swap?
1: I want to swap Vegeta and Lorelei because... I really want to see... I mean, it's basically the same thing I always do with Vegeta. I really want to see Vegeta attempting to help Rory uh, navigate like being popular in college. I feel like his his display of dominance would be very different than Lorelei's. Whereas Lorelei's is, let's buy a shitload of food and throw a party. That wouldn't go great against Sal, but I wonder how all the other girls in the dorm would respond to Vegeta showing up and just hulking out like, you know, fucking, like Hulk Hogan.
0: I I just want to hear, like, a ton of college girls like, 10, 8, 8, 8, 5, who said that? (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. I'd really want to see Vegeta attempting to, like, help Trunks assimilate to college life. Like, just Vegeta, Vegeta...
0: Vegeta dealing with Tanya?
1: Yeah, but also just Vegeta moving his son in at college, um, for the first day of college would be adorable, and I want to see that.
0: I also want to see Vegeta be told that he can't, he has to dispose of his own mattress and, like, flack the RA with it and send her flying to the, like, old campus. I
1: just considerate both of them. It'd be a delightful...
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, so that's why I want to swap this week.
0: Okay, that's, that's pretty quality. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you on social media. Our Facebook is Gilmore Ball Z. Our Twitter is at Gilmore Ball Z. Our email is Gilmore Ball Z at gmail.com. Our WordPress is Gilmore Ball Z dot So you can tell us what you're thinking. Uh, you can rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, anywhere else you get your podcast. Please don't review us on Yelp.
1: <laughs> no, that won't go great. You can review code GLIOS on Yelp, though. Uh...
0: Yeah, just tell us uh, um, from 1 to 10 how attractive of delivery drivers we are.
1: Absolutely. So also, as always, we have our GoFundMe, which is the Gohan and Rory Book Club Fund for Room to Read. It's a charity that provides educational opportunities for children and especially young girls in developing countries. So check out the Gohan and Rory Book Club Fund link on our WordPress to see our current stretch goals. Uh, We unlock new bonus episodes, and there are also individual stretch goals, or individual rewards, rather, that you can get for certain levels of donation, like our good friend James Garrett did with his donation, and so he's going to get to do the next time on at the end of this episode. So, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next Saturday, and take it away, James. So, will Tana ever be relevant? How could Vegeta possibly screw this up? And will Cell end up on the Iron Throne? Find out next time on Gilmore Ball Z.